So good to see you, and uh, we need to keep this short because we got a lot of football going on the TV, um, you know, the NFL and all that stuff. And so, hey, we absolutely do. So look, guys, in case this is your first time joining us, this is the Black and White Men Talking Podcast. I am Leslie Peters, and I'm joined with my main guy, Dave <laughs> Wiseworth, and we been to what we call good trouble in the words of former uh, representative, the late representative John Lewis from Georgia that would say, there's nothing wrong with trouble. You need to get in some good trouble. So that's what we do. I like because that. We really believe, and I let Dave chime in here, that when black and white men truly talk, I mean, have meaningful conversations about tough issues, it is in that space that we can truly change and impact the world in a positive way. We believe that we don't have no problem uh, being disagreeing, but we disagree without being disagreeable. And that's what we exactly. try to show as an example of people how to do. Dave, what's going on, Dave? Well, I'll tell you what, I uh, life is good. It is really good, healthy. You know, when you get to our age, uh, my age, you're a young fella, but mm. uh, health is so critical and it can be gone in just a, an instant. And so I'm really thankful about that, that as far as my family goes and everything, we're in, we're in good shape for the shape we're in. So. <laughs> well, Dave, listen, you're right about that. Cause I'm going to tell you, uh, I'm not as young as I used to be. And so, uh, yeah, you definitely know the difference and we'll get into our challenge that we have coming up uh, right. probably next week. And you guys will be able to join Dave and I on our health journey as what I call we're gonna get we're gonna get on our journey to get summer fine. So, so there you yeah. go. those of you that want to get summer fine, you can join us on that journey to get there. So we can fit back in our speedos. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh man, that just makes you throw up in your mouth just thinking about it. Listen, I, I wanna I, I, if I want to put on speedos, I, I want to be in so good a shape that people people don't mind me putting on speedos. <laughs> right into it. So today uh, we're going to be dealing and discussing the incident with Odell Beckham that happened right after Thanksgiving. Uh, I believe it was in Miami uh, as he was flying back to Los Angeles. And so for those of you that may not be aware of the situation, I'm going to play about a five minute video here shortly. And then Dave and I are going to come back and we're going to discuss it from his perspective, from my perspective. And so let me cue that up. And Dave, um, why I cue that up, Dave, why don't you just kind of uh, really uh, talk a little bit about why we do this and why we um, put out meaningful, because we've been having meaningful conversations for a long time. Yep. But why did we decide to bring this to the world at large? Yeah, good point. Th thanks, Leslie. I um. I tell you what, it all starts, well, for me, you're walking down the street, you 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 come, you, you pass someone, you look them in the eye, you smile, and you give them a basic greeting. And that's the way my dad always taught me. 
you look somebody in the eye, you smile at them, and then you say hello or how you doing or whatever. Well, that's the basics. We need to go beyond the basics. As black and white men, we need to be men. We need to step up and put on our big boy pants, and we need to talk. We need to go deeper than that surface. And um, I just think it's so critical that uh, in, in today's kind of world, yeah, we need to talk and, and really figure out how can we work together and not, you know, uh, butt heads, you know, and be butt heads. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, exactly right. Let me see if I can pull this up for us, Dave. Here. Okay. All right. Okay. And so I'm going to play this, guys, and we're going to watch this. I'm going to ask everybody to stop what you're doing right now and truly watch this video so that we can really have a great discussion about it in, in a healthy way. So I'll play the video now. Again, it's about four minutes, 55 seconds. And it seems like uh, either drunk too much or just something that is not responsive. Okay. Rescue's here, no? No, but it's not responsive. But the rescue's here? Sir, are you able to get up? Can you get up, please? You okay? Yeah. What's wrong? The airline's called for you, sir. I don't know what it is. You good? How you doing, bud? I don't think you've been unresponsive, but trying to get to the command to approach He's probably on a deep sleep. You know where you're at, sir? Okay. He looks good to me. You don't want to him to you don't want him to fly, that's a decision that you guys are gonna to have to make. That's you know, you tell the captain and then we'll we'll get him out, but that's something that you guys gotta make. Multiple times, multiple people. Hey, sir, sir, put your seatbelt on. All we're getting is this. I, this is a five-hour flight. Yeah, this is five-hour. Then that's up to you guys. Yeah, that's up to you guys. Medically, if he doesn't want us to check him out, I can't. And I don't really say anything wrong. He might be tired or have taken a long trip and doesn't want to follow orders. That's a whole other act. He told Bert he just came from a flight. Yeah. Okay, I get that. He's and tired. He just responded to know where he's at. And he knows where he's at, exactly where he's flying. And he had pants on when he came on. He has to have pants on now. His pants are on now. His pants are on. Well, he had shorts on. Yeah. Okay. How you doing, man? Can I speak to you for a second? Yeah, yeah listen. How you doing, brother? Rene Garcia, Sergeant with Miami Dade Police Department. Nice to meet you. Listen, unfortunately, it's not our decision. Just Listen, apparently you, you were passed out. They had to wake you up. They had to come back. Yeah, I'm going to go. 
We're trying to accommodate you. Listen, listen what's going to happen, brother. I, just, I don't I want to avoid any embarrassments or any issues. The crew, the, the captain's the one that makes the final decision. Right now, for whatever reason, they're asking you to leave. They're going to rebook you on the next flight. Okay, so this is what's going to happen. As soon as they get off, you can do whatever you got to do. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to deplane everybody on this plane, and then you're still gonna get off. That's fine. Okay. What fine. I'm saying is, I would be less addicted about what we're we're gonna have to go through that process. And then we're gonna ask you, okay? Hi, much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay. Ever in my life, get off the plane for you, specifically you. Maybe everybody else. I would get off the plane. It don't mean nothing to me. Ain't no way you could look at me. Never, ever. You gonna wait forty minutes, and I'm gonna be on a private plane home. Yeah, yeah, I will. Get your ass off the plane for a second. Yeah, I bet. Enjoy the cheese board on the way home. So our glass. Don't mean nothing to me, bro. Got like. Up. I'm sorry. All you had to do is wake me up. Hey, we got everybody off. Okay. Don't forget your stuff up here. And that's uh, courtesy of uh, CBS Sports. Uh, just wanted to acknowledge where I got the clip from. Um, Dave, you first. <laughs> You're always courteous. You're going to have to quit being so nice to me. <laughs> I I didn't hear a lot of, of, of some of the, uh, uh, the verbiage from uh, Odell Beckham um, and – but I and I didn't understand exactly what was going on with what the problem was. What I mean, he seemed. I mean, they had in there. It said fire and rescue. I guess those were like um, ambulance the, or, or health. Fire and res well, you know, nowadays whenever there's a police call, fire department responds. Sure. So there was Miami Dade Police Department there as well as the fire and rescue. Yeah, and and they. Obviously, they checked him out. He was very sleepy, groggy. I mean, you have people like that all the time that are on there. He wasn't drunk. He wasn't, you know, high on dope or anything like that. You know, he was extremely tired. And, he, you know, he's like any normal guy. Maybe he was up all night or late, you know. And 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 so it's like, wait a minute. Come on. And well, it sounded like somebody had a burr in their bonnet or a bee in their bonnet. And they wanted to just, you know. They just wanted to, to to push their authority just a little bit is what it looked like. Well, let me let me just I want to give you this information because you can hear it. I hear it. I want to paint. So when he told the police he had been in town, he was up all night. He'd gone to a club. He was up all night and came straight to the airport. So he wouldn't miss his flight. He was very tired. Sure. He's very tired. So and and the flight attendants called the police because they had to wake him up a couple of times and ask him to put on the seatbelt. 
So that's that's the catalyst of, of what started all of this. And I can now and keep in mind, this is in first class. Exactly. I saw that. I thought, man, you're in first class, dude. You, you know, it's nice. So I just wanted to give you that information. So go ahead. You know, he wasn't he wasn't belligerent. He wasn't just, you know, uh, violent in any way that I could ever see. I, You know, he's like, you know, confused, I think, like, well, wait a minute, what's going on? You know, what are you doing here and stuff? And it's just, I don't know. That's, in my opinion, that was bull crap from what I could see. That that was just somebody that that uh, for some reason, you know, uh, and it's silly. Okay, he paid for a first class ticket. Okay, they didn't just give it to him. He paid for that, and he was tired. If you want to sleep in that chair, you should be able to sleep. Okay, now they got to wake him up to put on his seatbelt. Fine, wake the guy up. Right. But you don't throw such a hissy fit that you that you stop the plane and 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 have to deplane everybody and go through that it's baloney and and I don't know if there was a passenger it looked like some big white guy that was fussing or something about it I don't know who who he was um yeah he was the guy that, that initially complained uh to the flight attendant about him being asleep and said that he was uh that kind of started all of this Hey, if you got that much power, why don't you have your own dang plane then? But what a jerk. You know, what is wrong with the guy being sleepy on the plane? He's not well, he's not puking on you. He's not cussing at you. He's not smoking. He's not being belligerent. Why can't he sit on in his seat? You know, I mean, I don't know. Don't get me don't get me started. Right. <laughs> So let me give you my take. And, 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 and I think here is why I say that we have to start having meaningful conversations and talk about this. And yeah. this is why when you hear me so adamant, adamant about things or yeah. issues from a black man's perspective, yeah. here's, here's a great example of what I'm talking about. This individual is a multimillionaire. He is sitting in first class. He has bought a first class ticket. Last time I checked, it's the most expensive seat on the plane. That's right. Okay. Now, this he is also a famous celebrity, famous football player. So in spite of all of that, what is he first? A black man. Yep. All right. Now, I wanna, I wanna, as we look at this, first of all, he the flight attendants called the cops in because they had to wake him up multiple times to put on his seatbelt because he was asleep. Because he was sleeping. He, not that he bothered anybody, not that yeah. he was sleeping. Now, she made the other um, statement that he, she tried to say he didn't have on clothes and what she said, he had on shorts at first and then he put on pants. Um, when so, did it become illegal for you to wear shorts on a plane? I see people with shorts on a plane all the time. So people how, come in their pajamas, right? So how does <clears throat> how does having on shorts and not have on clothes how does how are those two the same? They're not. So I, I'm I'm just I hate to do this, but I I, I have to. Yeah, that's why I will always have the fight and the fight to have the conversation. So. 
the white men can understand the perspective we see. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I'm willing to bet Odell Beckham was probably worth more than the guy that started all this in the beginning with. Yeah. Guarantee it. So now, Guarantee, yeah. and, and, and this is when, when you hear the, the phrase, it used to be driving while black. We, we, we've talked about my incident. Right. Driving. Now we see flying while black. <laughs> <laughs> so when we say these things, we're not making them up. Here's a real life situation. Now I want to caution you to a couple of important facts. So they call the police, the police come in, they go through their checklist, do their observation. Then you will notice the police come. The sergeant of the Miami-Dade Police Department comes and tells the flight attendants, we've checked out. There's nothing wrong with him. He's good to fly and he wants to fly. He is clearly coherent. He told me where he is. He told me where he's flying to. Okay. He, told me, he said he's very tired. He stayed out all night and came straight to the airport. So he's very tired. Period. Now, the flight attendant is going to say, well, he shouldn't be sleeping like that. This is a five-hour flight, the other guy. I, I just want to know. I, I, I'm, I'm really, really, really trying to understand. At this point, we clearly see the flight attendants have some kind of personal vendetta where they don't want him on the plane, and they've made the decision that yep. they don't want him to fly. I agree. The cop clearly says, well, look, we can't make that call. He's not doing anything or breaking any laws or doing anything for public safety. If you don't want him to fly, you're going to have to make that call. Right. So, which they did. So, I, 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 I'm just, so for me, they make the call to move him on the plane. I want to commend the officers here. Yes. They were, they, they did their job. They did it respectfully. And they even worked with him to let everybody else get off the plane and him and he come off last. So there, so there would be no paparazzi, no, not a lot of attention brought to it, right? My problem is how can a flight attendant now, just because they don't like somebody, because they're sleeping and you had to wake them up. And put the seatbelt on. And like he even said, all he had to do was just wake me up, right? How hard hey, is look, that? Sir, and I, I do it all the time. Yeah. They do it all the time. They've done it to me. Sir, if if you could just um, wake up one more time, because but in order for us to take off, I'm going to need you to put on your seatbelt, and then I won't bother you. You can sleep the rest of the way. It's not hard. But that's not what we saw here. We saw a very yeah. personal attack. Yes. On a black man that's sitting in first class that was sleeping. That was his only violation. He was sleeping. <laughs> yep. I Leslie, I I don't get it either. I just and here's it's a Barney Fife syndrome. Let me tell you. I used to watch Andy Griffith, or not Andy Griffith. Um, what was that? Um, yeah, that's what it was. Andy Andy Griffith. Yeah. Mayberry, right? Yeah. yeah, Mayberry, RFD, Mayberry. Well, and, and then Barney, you know, Barney, uh, he was just a goof. I mean, he was just goofy and he was great. Yeah. Don Knotts, he was a great actor, but he was a deputy and you give him a badge and, and he always had one bullet and he had it stuck in his pocket and he carried his gun, you know, and a real nervous kind of guy, you know, mm -hmm. get all excited and, and, and stuff. And, and, and he was kind of an example of, you give a guy a little authority 
and it goes to their head and they, they just, they do things that, and, and this is where, and I've seen flight attendants do the same thing mm-hmm. and it drives me nuts. They just, they think that they own the plane, you know, that if you don't listen to everything they do, I saw it with this mask stuff. You know, I had flight attendants that harassed me about my mask. You know, make sure you get it up. You know, you guys keep sticking it up, you know, during this COVID stuff. And, the, and they were just, just, it's almost like, this is my airplane. You're going to do exactly what I say. And, and don't you give me any guff over it. But th- to me, what they just did here is bullcrap. And this is the kind of stuff that just burns my butt. So you got one guy complaining, okay, and you got, then you got these flight attendants that all of a sudden they're like, you know, taking his side or whatever. And then they're ganging up on him. And I'm like, did they even know who he was? Which it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter who you, you are. Now, I, I just want to point out, and, and there's going to be a, a, a certain part of society that will only focus on what he said to to the white gentleman as he was getting off the plane, but you got to understand that was pretty. He was absolutely frustrated at this point. He wasn't buying anybody. He wasn't really talking about it. you getting me kicked off a plane. Yeah, I'm gonna have some choice words to say about you if I hadn't done that. But that was fairly mild, to be honest right. with you. Right. You know, and I don't use. I mean, I le- very little foul language. But to me, that was pretty mild for what that man did. Right. Hey, he called him fat and ugly. Oh, that just all right. Yeah, that's but the kind of stuff compared to what he just did. So I, but but people will focus just on that. But I I have to bring the conversation back today. Let me ask you this: Do you understand the frustration that black men go through when we see? Things like this are very common in our lives, in our world. And most of us don't have the cachet of Odell Beckham. Right. So if if this can happen to our brightest stars and our wealthiest, what about the regular old people like me? (laughs) Well, and, and like you said, black men... See, I think it's that category. If it was a, a woman and a child or whatever, I don't think this is an issue, but right. honestly. Uh, but just from the outside looking in, a black man. And and he's in first class, so you know he spent some money on a ticket. Okay, mm-hmm. he's got to have you know some money. And, and so maybe he wasn't dressed to some of these other standards that, that these other first class people, some of these people are just so arrogant. They just make me sick. And that's why, honestly, for the last several years, I've flown Southwest Airlines a lot because they're not so arrogant and they're not like, you know, sit down, shut up, get in your seat. And, oh, you're one seat over. You're in the wrong seat. You know, they're more like, yeah, everybody get in, sit down, let's go. You know, hey, you know, we're okay. You know, we're going to just kind of party a little bit here. And they're fairly loose. And they've usually been very congenial. But a lot of these airlines, they're just arrogant jerks. And and I'm going to go into something else. Golf. I enjoy golfing some, but my history with golf is, and my son is actually a high school golfing coach, <laughs> but uh, you run into some of the most arrogant people 
yeah. the golf course. You do. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I, these people, and they're just, they just think theirs doesn't stink. And let me tell you, it stinks. And I just, oh man, I just, so, I don't, I hate arrogance. And that's what this was. This so, was arrogance. So Dave, let me ask you this. If you were on this plane and you were sitting in first class and as a white man, you see all this going down. I'd have stood up and I'd what say, can you, what can you, what can you do? Or what would you have done to maybe have possibly make this have a different outcome? This is something I hate confrontation. Okay. I just do not like confrontation, but what I hate even more is injustice. And if I'm there and I'm watching this and this, this big fat arrogant white guy is, is doing this and causing this trouble I'm going to probably get kicked off the plane too, because I'm going to step up and I'm going to say, wait a minute, you know, what's the issue here? And then try to figure it out and, and just, and then talk to Odell and say, Hey bud, uh, let's, let's get you hooked in or whatever, you know, he needs an ally. And I've always told my kids in school, I said, you stand up. If somebody's being bullied, you stand up for them. Cause my kids, you know, they were athletic and they were very popular and so they got along really well. But I told him, I said, don't you allow bullying? And that's what this is. It's a bullying is what it is, which is never right. You know, being a bully in any way. And I would have been, I'd have been there as I got, as I get older, I get a little more courageous. I'm thinking, what, what the heck do I have to lose? But what's right is right. And what's wrong is wrong. And this was wrong. You can't justify this in any way. I, I just, from what we saw, you know, uh, and what little bit he said when this guy was leaving, the guy deserved to, to actually, he should have got punched in the nose, but let's don't be violent about it. But I mean, the guy was an obnoxious jerk, sounds like to me, and from what I could see and everything. And then it just carried over to the little Barney Fife, you know, uh, stewardess and then the, the steward guy and, and all this. And I just, yeah, I can't stand. And, and, and here's the thing. When you sit there and let that happen, you're a part of the problem. And that's not what we're about. We don't need to be a part of the problem. We need to be a part of the solution. And part of the solution is these microaggressions or these little uh, situations of, of, you know, intolerance by people or bigotry by people. And that's what I always told my, my kids, Adam and Sarah, if someone's being picked on, okay, maybe they're a little weird. Maybe they're kind of a nerd, maybe whatever. Doesn't matter. I don't care. You stand up for them and you stop it because you have the power to do that. Okay. And the same thing here, if I'm on that plane and I'm sitting there near Odell, now that'd be great. If I could fly first class, that means I got some bucks, but, <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah, I would, I, I'd, I'd say, hey, wait a minute, guys, this is, this is wrong, and, and I'd probably get in the middle of it and get in trouble, because I just hate, 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 hate that kind of crap. So now you're getting me all stirred up, Leslie. No, but listen, <laughs> so, I'm sorry, but I need you to get stirred up. Yeah. I need my white brothers to get stirred up when they see injustice, because here's the other side of that coin. It's frustrating. It's frustrating as a black man to go through it. It's even more frustrating when you see good brothers that happen to be white that watch it. Because yeah. now, not only do I have a different perception of you now, because you you are talk to talk, but you're not willing to walk the walk. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. no good for me. 
That's we not talked, for me. That's useless we, for me. <laughs> we talked about it the other day on, on one of our last episodes. We said, hey, um, policing can't, you know, the police officers cannot control all the crime. It's got to be every citizen in the community that is vigilant and watching what's going on. And that's exactly here. The same thing. We all need to stand up when we see something going wrong. You know, we can't have to, you know, we don't need to wait on the police. We need to say, this is wrong. Now, if you don't have the power, you know, physically or mentally, whatever, or authority to do anything, you got to do, you got to stand up for what's right. You really do, because I guarantee you, there's a lot of people that sat around there and they knew, you know, what was going on wasn't right, but they were either intimidated or or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what their situation was, but as I get older, I don't, I just, man, that stuff just burns my butt. And I, and I, I appreciate you showing this because I hope a lot of people see this kind of thing uh, because the more it comes to light, the more we can understand you know, your position, where you're coming from as a, as a black man and, and what's right's right and what's wrong's wrong and it's wrong. So, And I want to be clear on this, Dave. I appreciate you. And here's what I want to say. We've never asked for anything we didn't deserve. All we ask for fair, all we've asked for is fairness. Enough. And, and most of the times, hey, we don't even ask for that because we know we're probably not going to get that. But in this particular situation, I can't even sleep. <laughs> yeah. So you telling me yeah. if the same situation happens with anybody else that's sitting in first class that is not black and not yeah. male, does this scenario go the same way? Yeah. I yeah. will. I don't believe it will. Yeah. And that's my issue with it. So yeah. we have as people, we have to stand up and stop injustices from other people. Yes. And and too many times it does not happen. There right. were more people on that plane than there were flight attendants. But right. yet two or three people, because of their biases, made decisions that affected hundreds of people. Yeah, right. And the hundreds of people did not. The ones that could have had influence, had a voice, chose to say nothing. And well, that has to stop. Yeah, we're gonna ever get better. And that's where uh, we had a sermon today on uh, on apathy, and and that's a problem. People sitting back and say, "Well, it's not my problem. It's not my problem." Baloney, it's your problem. If it's wrong, and you don't say anything, it's your problem. What's wrong's wrong. And so, but I noticed how they kind of passed the buck. They started with this one guy who's a jerk and he complains and whatever. Okay, and I've seen a lot of them on the planes. They're just mm -hmm. you know they're just obnoxious people. You know, it's like, man, how'd you like to be married to that jerk? Well, and then, and then he uh, gets the uh, stewardesses involved and and gets them kind of, you know, on his side, and 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 then they get to thinking, well, and then they pass it on and say, well, the captain, he's the one that can make the decision. Well, <clears throat> guess who went and talked to the captain? The stewardesses that were being jerks, and they were already, you know, loaded for bear, and they thought, well, we can. We can get rid of you, buddy, you know. And I guarantee you, here's what they said to the captain. We don't feel safe. Oh, that if works. something happens in air, there's no way we can control this individual. Yeah, this we story don't is going to be too loud. I, 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 listen, 
I'm, I'm sorry, but I, somebody I, has to tell the truth here. And and I have had a lot of conversations today with my white brothers that will tell me, and I call them on the carpet on it every single time. Really? So that's why some people will walk the other way when they see me coming, because I'm not going to let you, excuse my language, but I'm not going to let you give me bull crap. I'm just yeah. not listening to that. And right. so I've had them tell me that, Leslie, it's not right but I didn't do anything. I, I that that wasn't me. I didn't do that injustice. And what I what I have to remind them of, personally, you may not have done that injustice, but you know it's unjust. Yes. And if you're not doing anything, and if you're in a position where you can change that injustice, and you choose not to, then you are guilty of the injustice as well by association. Yeah. Well, and it's and it's a daily thing, okay? Anywhere you're at, okay? If you see something wrong, it's your it's your opportunity to stand up and and make it injustice, you know, uh make it right, you know, at least get the ball rolling. But if you um you know, if you sit there and let it go and let it go, yes, you're a part of the problem. And uh, and and it you can't yeah you can't solve the world's problems but you can solve the problems within your your uh, sphere of of influence okay if you're out in public and you see something like this you tell somebody or you do something you know whatever you need to do uh, but let me tell you we know we know when something's wrong it it's just it's I think it's in our heart yeah. I think it's in our soul we know when something's being uh, done, that's not right. And, and so uh, I don't think we have excuses. We really don't, but, uh, but it's every day. It's little stuff just like this uh, that just, it infuriates me, but, but we've got to stop it. And unless, unless us white guys, and usually it's a person of, of strength and strength of character uh, that's willing to stand up and say, listen, jerk, you know, you don't, you just need to sit down and shut up. This guy just needs to buckle his seatbelt and we can go. I don't care if he snores all the way. You know, that's fine. He paid for that dang first class seat. You just leave it alone, you know. So I just, you know, I yep. Yeah, I'm with you. Totally yeah, with I you. Love you. I love the fact that you are true in that and stand on that. And if we can get continue to challenge more of our brothers yeah. to have the same conversation that we're having. Yeah. We'll find out that a lot of times um, we we think the same thing. And then a lot of times where you're afraid to step out and say things and correct these injustices, if you're having conversations, true genuine conversations with black right. men, you're going to be empowered to do that now. Because right. now it means something different because you're, you, you have a relationship, a true relationship, not an acquaintance. I don't, I, I don't want to hear your coworker. Because when people say, yeah, I've worked beside him for 20 years, I say, what can you tell me about him that you did, that has nothing to do with work? Yeah. Right. I, I, you give me you give me 30 seconds, I see how deep your relationship goes. Right. And then right. I, and what happens most time, no, you just work together. You don't, you're not friends. You don't know that person. Yeah. You know nothing about them outside of work. That's not a genuine relationship. No. You're not having genuine conversations at that level. You got to go in. And when you have genuine relationships, there is no way you're going to stand by and let somebody wrong your brother 
that right. you know their heart. Not happening. But when yeah. you don't have a relationship, it's easy to sit on the sideline. Yeah, that's it's true. Easy. Look, I always say, what, what they say, um, the only coaches who never make mistakes are the fans. Yeah. <laughs> They're always right, right? They're always right. Monday morning quarterbacks. <laughs> They're always right. Because they, they get to make decisions after the fact. So they're sure. always going to be right. And they got so, replay. They got slow-mo replay. They got every angle you can imagine. It's like, see, told you so. That's exactly. what it was. It's like, you arrogant jerk. You didn't know anything. You know, if you had to do that in real time, you know, you're a loser. So I'm sorry. I, I don't have a lot of tolerance for those guys. So, Dave, I'm going to let you take us out. And before I do, I'm just going to remind everybody, you can find our podcast on YouTube, you can look us up, Black and White Men Talking, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Listen FM Notes, Decker, wherever you can find a podcast, you can find us, Black and White Men Talking. And Dave, I want you to take us out. And here's my question to you. If you had one opportunity to say something to other white brothers related to what we've covered today, I'm going to give you the floor, and this is your choice to give the final words and the final charge to your white brothers today. The floor is yours. All right. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, white guys, men, it's time to be men. And you know when you see something happening like this in any way, when someone's being disrespected and treated wrong by any person of a, in authority, or they even don't have to be a person in authority, just someone that's that's being bullied in whatever capacity, listen, if you're going to be a man, which you need to be, you better step up and show it and prove it because you know what's right and you know what's wrong. And I'm tired of seeing it. And it's, it's bull crap. And I'm so glad we have some videos of this stuff. I'm glad we have technology that shows this kind of thing happening because we can't deny it and deny it when it's right in front of our eyes. Okay. And we can hear it. We can see it. And we know it's wrong. And, and it's up to you every single day. When you see something wrong like this, you step up and you fix it. And you can do it. You've got the power to do it. And if you don't, you're not being a man. That's it. There you have it. I couldn't <laughs> say it better. See you next time on the next episode.